Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegriff, and I am not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope and pray that this podcast blesses you. I hope this encourages you to strive to be a better dad every day, that it equips you with knowledge and information that will aid that effort. Today's been fun. I came home from work to find that everyone in my family is sick, so that's great. It's nothing super intense, just a little cold, but everyone's kind of functioning a little slower, and everyone wants to go to bed a little earlier, and I'm pretty tired, but the show must go on. So, I wanted to tell you something really funny. I contemplated telling this because some may think it's inappropriate or TMI, but you know what? When have I erred on the side of caution? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Tonight, Reagan, while dinner was being made, started talking, you know, just nonsense. She just goes on and on and on. She's got these cute little stories and she keeps us laughing and she wants to be like her mommy. She watches her mom, so she wants to be like mommy. So she sees that Lindsay nurses Jojo. What does Reagan want to do? Well, she wants to nurse her babies, her stuffed animals, her uh, Minnie Mouse and her flamingo and her penguin, all these are the little toys she has. She feels like she needs to nurse them too. And she was going on and on about something related to that. And she wanted to pump. She wanted to have some of the pump parts so that she could quote unquote feed her babies And Lindsay tried to tell her, you don't have to do that. Just hold them up to your tummy and then you can feed them. And she went on and on. And she said, you know, I can't do this, but mommy can do this because mommy has balls. And And when she said that, I erupted. I lost it. Now, the reason she said this, the reason that she said mommy can do this because mommy has balls is because Reagan was very smart, very young. She was talking in full sentences and reasoning with people by the time she was a year old. So she was still being nursed at that time. Between the nine-month to 12-month span, where she was just a baby genius, she was still being nursed. And she always referred to my wife's breast as balls. (laughs) And it was so funny because she just out of the blue just brought that back up. And man, I was not expecting that. Lindsay was not expecting that. She kind of chuckled, but then she was like, "Um, you never ever need to repeat this, especially in public because people don't need to know that. So hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this podcast where I tell the whole world, anyone who will listen to this uh, about what happened tonight. But that was really funny. So even though everyone was sick and we're all kind of a little bit slow and sluggish right now, that really lightened the mood and gave us a little pep in our step, a little boost of energy. Uh, It's funny how humor does that. Laughter really is life's medicine. So I wanted to tell you before I started about the subject today, I wanted to tell you about this past weekend. Me and my wife, we had what we call our date weekend. So what happens for us is my parents only live about 15 minutes away. We take the kids, Frankie and Reagan, the oldest two, And they stay the night with my parents Saturday night. They go to church with them on Sunday. They typically take them to go watch a movie Sunday afternoon. Maybe they'll do something else and then they'll bring them home. So Saturday night, because we timed it right, we were able to give Amelia 
to my parents as well while we went out and had dinner. So we had dinner. We went and watched a movie. After everything was said and done, we picked up JoJo. We went back to the house, went to bed. Sunday, we go to church. We went to lunch and we had Amelia with us. And lunch with Amelia is fun. Just eating out with her is fun. She's really happy for a particular window of time. And then she just doesn't want to be sitting down. And it's not that she is sitting down. It's just she doesn't want to be this low to the ground. It's like she can tell. I swear there has to be some scientific study that proves that children, that babies can detect the altitude at which they currently are. Because Jojo is totally fine if I hold her and stand up. If she's high, no problem. But if I'm holding her and I'm sitting down or I'm not at a full stand, it bothers her. It's kind of funny, but that's just the way she is. She's a little bit peculiar like that. So we had breakfast not too long ago at first watch, and I had to stand up and eat my food so that everyone wasn't annoyed by the crying baby. Uh, And it's always funny. My wife, she always tells me, she was like, you can always tell these couples who never had kids because they don't understand. And all the couples who do have kids, it's like they don't even hear it because you just become used to it. This is how it works. Anyway, we went and had lunch. I didn't really have the space, the restaurant we were at to stand up and eat my food. So I ate as fast as I could. I took Amelia out and we just walked around outside. It was a little bit nice. It wasn't super hot, thankfully. And uh, that's what we did. And then after that, we went to Sam's and we had to pick some stuff up for the week. But we made the mistake or somehow maybe subconsciously, we just found ourselves looking at the kids clothing. And we do this almost every time we go out and we laugh about it because when the kids aren't with us, it's like the one thing that we enjoy doing together is shopping for the kids. We know what they like. We know what their interests are. And it's like someone spies on us because every time we go out, it's like we find some article of clothing that is just perfect for Frankie or perfect for Reagan. Frankie always likes what we call, what we've always called with him, super cool dude clothes. And Reagan just loves dresses. She loves to be a little princess, but she is feisty. It is a fun combination. And if you are a father to a daughter, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're going to be, you have something to look forward to. It's very fun. But anyway, we like to shop around and pick out clothes for the kids. And usually we cave, even though it's not always in the budget, we cave and we buy it. And when we get to see the kids, we tell them we have a surprise for them. We do this big thing and they're all excited and they're just so anxious to see what they're going to get. And we show them and they love it and they beam with joy immediately. And we get this instant gratification. We get appreciation for what we did right then and there. And it is wonderful. We love it. And that's probably part of the reason why when we are not with the kids, we go and we buy stuff for the kids because we like that appreciation It's like we crave it. We want to make them happy. And we know that this is something that will make them happy. And when they're happy, we're happy. And we get instant gratification from it. And we all like instant gratification. We live in a culture where nobody wants to wait for anything. They want what they want when they want it. This is why fast food thrives. This is why Amazon thrives. The fact that you can go online, find what you want, buy it, and sometimes within the same day, You can have it brought to you and you could continue on with your life doing all these other things, never having to load up your family into the vehicle, drive somewhere, 
take a tangent and go do something else because you passed a Starbucks or whatever and then drive home and then deal with all the chaos. You don't have to do that. You just go to Amazon. You can have it delivered sometimes the same day. Well, I mean, worst case scenario, it's two-day shipping. No big deal. We like what we like, what we want, when we want it. We don't want to wait for anything. This is why we love instant gratification. This is why we love microwaves. You just put your food in there. Two minutes later, you've got a meal. It's wonderful. But instant gratification will not always be a part of parenting. So dads, this is what I want to talk to you about today. Delayed gratification. And the role that it plays in parenting and fathering your kids. My kids aren't really old enough for me to have done this. So I'm not going to speak on this subject from the perspective of a father who's been through this. I'm going to speak on the subject from the perspective of a son who's come full circle and then has realized to prove to you that delayed gratification will happen. Because there's going to be times where you have conversations with your kids. There's going to be advice that you give them. There's going to be things that you do that your kids will misinterpret, that they will misunderstand, and they will not appreciate it in that moment. They will think nothing of it sometimes. You're not going to get a thank you for your sacrifice. You will live selflessly, and you will give and give and give, and you may never get anything in return, at least in the moment. So here's my story. My father has always been a workaholic always worked. And that was always kind of the joke that he liked to work so much. So growing up as a kid, it was ingrained in my mind that my dad likes to work. And fortunately for me, I got to go to work with him all the time. Starting out when I was younger, he mowed yards. So I got to go with him and I got to help. And I always enjoyed that. I thought that was the most fun ever. And then as business picked up for him, it transformed into he was doing other things for other people, kind of becoming more of like a handyman. And then that developed into him painting. And that is where the business is now. Now he's got Vandegrift painting and remodeling. We're in DFW. If you need someone to do work on your home, on your business, he's your guy. You can go to his website, Vandegrift.pro, and you can check him out. And yes, I will give unshamed plugs for my father on my podcast. I always knew that dad liked to work. Business picked up over time. We didn't grow up super wealthy, but before we moved to Dallas, things were okay. We weren't, you know, rolling in it, but we were okay. We were good. We had what we needed. We didn't have worries or concerns. We were okay. And then we moved to Dallas. The cost of living is exponentially higher in Dallas than it is in little bitty Orange, Texas. So we're very small town people. And we get submerged into the big city culture. It's faster. It's more upbeat. It's not a big deal to drive 30 minutes away. That was a big deal for us in Orange. A 30-minute trip was like a planned vacation for us. But in Dallas, you drive 30 minutes to get to anything. That's just how it works sometimes. It's not a big deal. So it was a huge culture shock. And there was a lot that we had to get used to. But for dad, being in the being a general contractor and being in that line of work, it was a bit of a struggle. 
because when he moved up here, he no longer had the nice client base that he had back home. He had nothing. He had to start all over again from scratch. And that took some time. And there were some periods where things were not easy. He had just gotten to this point where this is good. This is, I don't have to think about anything. Money's coming in. Everything's nice. We can do other things. We can have this and we can have that. And we don't have to really think too much about what's going on because the income is much better than the outflow. We're okay. And then things just turned on their head really fast. And so there was a period of time, probably at least 12 months, but I think it was closer to about a year and a half where he did something unbelievable. And I did not appreciate it at the time. I didn't understand it. To be honest with you, I didn't think much of it. I just knew what he was doing. So here's what he was doing. He was still trying to work his business, meet people, get jobs, build a client base. And that was tough work. Again, we're in Dallas. There's a lot of opportunity, but that is a heavily saturated market. There are a lot of guys in DFW who do exactly what he does. It's not it's not the easiest thing to just jump in and get started with and then be good to go with a great income. So he's getting up about seven, eight o'clock at the latest every morning. And he is starting his day. He's back home between five and 6 p.m. As soon as he would get home, he would eat. He would talk while he was eating and he would finish his food in maybe 30 minutes. He would go take a shower he would go to bed. He would wake up around 9.30 because he was working a graveyard shift at Sam's and he would be home about 5, 5.30 a.m. to wake up again at 7. So he survived on three and some good days, four hours of sleep. And not just on the weekdays, he did this seven days a week for nearly a year and a half. Now, he wasn't around much, obviously, because he was working about 20 hours a day, seven days a week. We did get to see him from time to time. And I never thought anything of it. I never said, wow, you're working a lot. You okay? Never checked in on dad. Never thought, you know, I have a job. If things are tight, maybe I can contribute. No, I just want to keep going out to eat and spending my money like an idiot really wish I would have saved everything in hindsight, but I didn't. I never appreciated the sacrifice that he made for me and my sister and my mom, for his family. I look back now, now that I'm in his shoes to some extent, I have a wife. I've got three kids of my own. I've got a home. I know what it's like to have to pay for a mortgage. I know what it's like to have to pay electricity. I know what it's like to have to pay for utilities and fuel for the vehicles and car insurance. And we have our cars paid off, so we don't have to worry about paying car notes. But at one point we knew what that was like. And you have to pay for internet because no one can survive with that in this day and age, especially this last year, 2020, everyone had to work from home. And a lot of people still are. How do you work from home if you don't have internet? It is 
a requirement for life. So you have to have internet. You have to have a phone to function. We're paying for all of these things. And growing up, my parents spoiled me probably more than they should have. I didn't have to pay for that stuff. When I was 16, 17, 18 years old, and I was living at home with mom and dad, I only paid for my car note. And what else did I pay for? That might have been it. I think I only paid for my car note. I paid my car and I had to get, I had to buy the gas and I I spent my money out to eat and to buy stuff that I wanted. That's the only thing I had to do. I only had to pay my car note. They paid the car insurance. They paid for my cell phone. They paid everything else. And I could have, I could have gone to dad and be like, look, you're working a lot. Would it help you not have to work so much if I paid rent to some extent, if I could contribute a certain amount of money a week or month to that family household, if I could contribute, would it help? I did not appreciate what he was doing. I didn't pay enough attention to what he was doing to see what was going on. But now that I share that context as a father, as a husband, as a homeowner, I think back on what he did and I see that example And now I have appreciation. Now I have gratitude. Because not only was it something that helped me live the life that I was able to live, but it is also something that still speaks to me today as a young father, as a young husband, to tell me that if things get bad, you can do whatever needs to be done to get through this. If things get tight, you have the capability to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week to bring in whatever extra income you need to bring in in order to keep your family afloat. Now, I never want to have to work seven days a week, 20 hours a day. I really enjoy my sleep. I don't want to have to do that, but I'm encouraged because I know that if my dad could do it, if he set that example for me, if he was able to provide on that sort of a level, and put in that amount of work that I can do the same. And so now I greatly appreciate what he did. So dads, listen to me. There's going to be things that you tell your kids. There's going to be advice that you give them that they will not listen to, that they will probably not even hear. It will literally go in one ear, out the other. It may not even make it into an ear. Who knows? They're going to make mistakes They're going to do things that you advise them not to do because they're not even going to remember what you said to them in the first place. You might have the experience where your kid's getting ready to go to college and you went through the process and you know the right way to do this. And maybe you're saying, look, why don't you stay at a community college, stay close to home, not just because we want to keep you around, but it's going to save you a lot of money. And you can still live with us if you want to. And, you know, you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to do this. You can use this as a stepping stone to get ready to go to university or wherever it is that you want to go. But take this time to prepare for those next big steps. And maybe they're like, well, okay, maybe I'll consider that. But I'm going to talk to my friend because they've never done this. And I really value what they have to say. And I'm sure that's probably something that's going to be really aggravating and frustrating. But kids, we make mistakes. We mess up. 
I know you can probably think of things that you did that you shake your head at and all the time and all the while while it was happening your dad was trying to advise you to do the right thing I'm sure there's some of us who can relate to that there's going to be times where you try and teach your kids where you try to invest in them and they're not going to appreciate it in the moment but they don't have the same context that you have they don't understand it they're not on the level of reality that you are they don't have to deal with all the things that you have to deal with i knew that my parents had to pay bills but i didn't realize the magnitude of bills until i was married and off on my own with my wife i didn't know i didn't understand insurance the need the requirement the cost associated with it i didn't know how to get the gas turned on in the house. I didn't realize you had to call someone and be like, hey, we live here. Can you turn the gas on so that we can have heat or whatever it is? I didn't know how to do any of that stuff, but I never cared about it as a young person because it wasn't in my perspective. It wasn't a part of my context and my reality. But when I got to that place, then it was like, hey, dad, uh, I got to fix this. I know you probably did this once or twice in the house. I know I probably was with you when you did it somewhere else, but uh, could you come and help me do this? And that's the thing. I love being handy now. I like doing things like that. I enjoy it. I like to get out and build stuff. It's fun. Did I do it when I was younger? Did I work with my dad when I was younger? Not a chance. But now I have an appreciation for that because the context of my life has changed. So delayed gratification is going to be a part of the process of fathering your kids. And I know that it sucks. I know that you want appreciation right now. I know you want your kids to be grateful for the sacrifice that you're making right now. It's really tough to do something day in and day out and never have anyone express any form of appreciation. I know that that's difficult, but your kids, when they get into a similar context of life, they will remember the things that you did, the things that you said, the example that you set forth, and they will value the crap out of what you did. That is when appreciation and gratitude will fill their hearts and it will be expressed and it will be spoken and it will be made known to you. So don't be discouraged, be encouraged to continue moving forward, doing what you do as a dad, living selflessly for your kids, providing for them, going the extra mile, and doing whatever it takes. Don't expect the thank you today, but know that it will come in the days ahead. This is Father in Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you for joining me today.